Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Kind of like all of you to just look at me for a moment. Do you know what time it is? I asked, do you really know what time it is? Somebody came to you and said, hey, Pastor Tom, what time is it? Said, oh, yes. No, no. Do you know what time it is? And maybe even a more important question is, do you know what to do with the time that is this? <laughs> and so, I just captured two weeks worth of stuff that are hitting the world right now, and it's just a slight smattering. So, Buckle up, listen, just kind of follow with me is a lot. My wife would say, oh my gosh, you flooded my mind. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> just put up with me. Give me grace. Okay. So, in the last two weeks, just listen to some of the things that have happened. You're probably aware. But I know that some folks, they don't want to listen to the news. It's like, it just gives me a headache. And it's like, and then, of course, it's still happening, Right? All right, well, let's, first of all, you know that about uh, 10 days ago, less than two weeks ago, the Iranian-backed militias fired rockets at our military base in the city of Kirkuk, killed one of our U.S. citizens and wounded a number of our soldiers that were there. In response to that, there was an airstrike that took out missile sites. Our U.S. Air Force took them out. And then... Iranian-backed militia came and under the guise of Qasem Soleimani, which was the general, he was the general of the Iranian Quds Force, stormed our embassy in Baghdad. Now, I don't know if any of you were alive, some of you are too young for this, but I remember 1979 during the Carter years when the Iranians, after the fall of the Shah, I was in military uh, college at that point, and I had about 100 Iranians that were in our classes with us. And when the Shah fell and the uh, Iranian guard took over and they took our embassy over, and for one year, over 60 Americans were kept in captivity. And uh, when uh, Ronald Reagan was being sworn in, they got the message, you better let our people go. There's a new sheriff in town, right? And so when... They stormed, you know, our embassies are sovereign soil of a nation, right? When you tack an embassy, you tack the, you tack the nation. And so, our leaders were trying to figure, is this going to be another hostage condition that's going to go on? They breached the outer wall. They set it on fire. They were trying to get in. Of course, our Marine guards that were there, we had all of our embassy leadership in safe rooms. Now, is this going to be Benghazi again? where we didn't rescue them, and as a result of that, our ambassador was burned to death, killed our men. Well, then what happened after that? The president ordered a drone strike on the general from Iran, who happened to be in Baghdad. What was he doing in Baghdad in violation of the UN resolution? <laughs> he was not supposed to travel there. And he was taken out along with several others in a drone strike. As a result of that, we were sitting on all sorts of wars and rumors of wars. If you listen to anything, there was a great deal of traffic in that arena. We launched bombers. They went to Diego Garcia. We had our aircraft carrier in the Gulf region. We sent... 3,000 troops plus 82nd Airborne into Kuwait. Roar, wars and rumors of wars. As a result of that general being taken out, I haven't heard anybody, I've heard probably 30 different commentators, whether they're, they like Trump or not, uh, came out and said, this general killed over 600 U.S. citizens and is responsible for several thousand maimed and injured. Yeah. 
So then Iran fired missiles and launched missiles from Iran into Iraq to two of our air bases. Praise God, nothing took place. That same night, and this is all, it was denied first, and a an Iranian, uh, a Ukrainian airline takes off from Tehran in, in Iran and was taken out by an Iranian missile. 176 people died instantly, 63 of them Canadians. First time ever, December 27th, China, Russia, and Iran conducted joint military games and naval exercises near the Straits of Hormuz, sending a strong message to America and Israel. December 26th, the Aviv Kachavi, who is the defense minister for Israel, put out a stern warning of what's going to happen in Israel in the next war, which is right around the corner, and I'll read some of that in a moment. An earthquake hits Puerto Rico, 6.4 magnitude. Devastating fires destroy over a half a billion animals and kill 25 in Australia. The Methodist Church announces that the third largest denomination will now split over same-sex marriage and the ordination of LGBTQ clergy. Anti-Semitism. There have been over 13 attacks since December 26. On the night of Hanukkah, a crazy man brought a machete into the rabbi's house and started hacking up people. Another group walked in. It's been every day an Orthodox Jew has been attacked either in New Jersey or in New York City. I got a letter. I'm connected with several rabbis. And one that's a rabbi. I'm not going to use his name here in Israel. I got a letter also from the Christians in defense of Israel. And it says, Dear friend of Israel, by the time you get this letter, December 27th, Iran, Russia, and China will be conducting joint war games for the first time ever, combined naval exercises taking place in the volatile flashpoint near the Straits of Hormuz in the Arabian Gulf. Islamic leaders are linking arms now with the second and third most powerful militaries in connection and sending a message to Israel and to the United States. Iran has now infiltrated and with material and people surrounding in the nation of Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Yemen, and Gaza. They have a stockpile of now enriched uranium, and they are in the process of creating that nuclear weapon. Quote from the Ayatollah Ali Khamenei of Iran, the Zionist regime will perish in the not-so-far future he declares, death to America, death to Israel, the great Satan and the little Satan. The Israeli Knesset is in a turmoil. We not only have all the impeachment turmoil going on, but you've got Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has been uh, accused of breaking the law. So right now they're going to have to have a third election in March in Israel to try to come up with a government. Lots of chaos. Lots of things happening. Then my rabbi friend from Israel sent me this. He says, the Isaiah 17 war, we're not going to turn to Isaiah 17, but you can look at it. Mark it on your bulletin if you would or in your handout there. Go and look at this. This is a war that has not taken place yet in history. But here is a quote uh, from the defense force, the chief of staff of Israel. He said, on Wednesday, a week and a half ago, he said, in the next conflict, he's warning all of the citizens of Israel, the next conflict at the home front 
Israel's cities and citizens and infrastructure will come under intense fire, and the Israeli army will suffer great losses. These are not idle words spoken by the chief of staff. My rabbi says, understand that the next prophetic war, the Isaiah 17 war that was written, in Isaiah 17, 9, quote, in that day, there, Israel, strong cities will be like forsaken places in the forest or like branches which they abandoned before the sons of Israel, and the land will be desolate. How can this be possible? This is a quote from the chief of staff. He said, the Iranian-backed Lebanese terror group Hezbollah has significantly increased its military capabilities. Now, get this. This is the chief of staff of Israel telling the nation where they are potentially as victims to make preparation. He says, the military capabilities, it's not going to be the same as the war in 2006. Now the group is somewhere, Hezbollah, between 120,000 and 150,000 missiles and drones and over 45,000 combatants have been acquired and their military experience both in Syria and their fortified complexes in southern Lebanon, and they've also advanced their missile technology. The coming prophesied war will be nothing like Israel has ever seen in the past. Israel again will have to fight on multi-war fronts, Hezbollah in Lebanon, Syria, the Iranians in Syria against the army of Jordan and against Hamas and the Islamic Jihad in Gaza. What makes this war so different than the past wars? Thousands of precision-guided drones, rockets, and cruise missiles with enormous payloads having the ability to target anywhere in Israel. Isaiah 17.1 says, Behold, Damascus will be removed from being a city and will become a fallen ruin. If you're interested in any of this, you can look up nuclear war strategy under Israel and you'll come up with the Samson strategy or the Samson option. And if you read that, I've been told by some of my friends in Israel that if they ever get overrun, they will launch their Samson bombs and completely destroy every nation around them. They will not go quietly in the night. There will be no other holocaust, not without a fight. And we know what the God of Israel says, right? This anti-Semitism, Rabbi sent me this. He says, do you understand that the prophetic words that were spoken by Jeremiah, all the anti-Semitism that's happening, the attacks that are happening in Europe every day in our local cities, early on, this was Jeremiah. Now, this is, this is 600 years before Christ, right? He, he prophesies this. He says, behold, declares the Lord, when it is, I will no longer be said that the Lord lives who brought us up the sons of Israel in, from out of the land of Egypt and out of, into the sons and into the land they've taken from the north, that he had banished them, for I will restore them to their own land, which I gave to their fathers. Behold, I'm sending out many fishermen. The, the title of this article from the rabbi is, He Sends Out the Fishermen, but afterwards he sends out the hunters. And if you look at that prophecy in Jeremiah 16, 14 to 16, there's amazing what's happened in the 20th century and the 21st century. This prophet Jeremiah, it was 2,600 years ago, not 600 years ago, 2,600 years ago, he prophesied that they would come from the north. Well, when the Soviet Union fell in 1989, remember Reagan and Gorbachev? Tear down that wall, right? As a result of that, when it says they've come from the north, 1.2 million Russian Jews have come and resettled in Aliyah in Israel. Over 9 million Jews now live there, right? Coming from all over you. They've discovered Ethiopian Jews. They've done the DNA testing. They found that, that scripture probably out of uh, Numbers 11, right? He marries the, the Cushite woman, Moses. When you look at all of those who've come, I says, I will take them from all the places they've been scattered. Those were educated Jews. If you wonder how in 70 years, we know it's God, but he, he brought educated folks who aliyahed to Israel. This week, they, the uh, defense ministry also, I don't know if you saw it, Israel has declared they have a new laser system that can take out 
You know, they've got the Iron Dome that we've sold them. They've upgraded it. But you can't when you're launching thousands of missiles at one time, right? It's hard for the Iron Dome. Well, now, they, I think it's going to go operational very soon. Rabbi says, this anti-Semitic, in the last two weeks, every Orthodox Jew has been on no, in fact, they've increased the policing in Jersey City and in New York City. The, the uh, mayor, de Blasio, in New York said he's increased and has actually uh, support people that have come up. Security folks will defend them, will protect them. Today is open hunting season for Jews in America. That's what the Jews are starting to declare. Today in America, across the entire nation, on college campuses, Jewish students are attacked, cursed, persecuted, and reviled on a daily basis. In the U.S. today, Jewish citizens and their synagogues are attacked. Same is true in France and across Europe. In our U.S. Congress, we've got a, several congresswomen who are boldly anti-Semitic, leading political moves against declaring that we should hold back U.S. aid to Israel and lever it to form a second state solution to create another Islamic state within Israel. The Lord said He would release the fishermen, but it's time that the hunters are out as well. What I want to do is if you'll turn in your handout. And then if you'll open with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 21. I know this is a sobering, heavy message, but I think it's time. What did he mean when he said, watch? Watch and pray. Don't be caught unaware. Watch and pray. You go count how many times. When Jesus in red letter spoke to the disciples when they sat on the Mount of Olives just before it was all going to come down, crucifixion and the resurrection. He told them about what was going to happen. In Luke 21, I, I want you to just, we'll, we'll come back and look at it. I'd like you to look at verse 36. It's the title of today's sermon. Luke 21, verse 36. Let me read King James and then I'll, which is the word-for-word translation, and then let me read the New Living Translation, which is the thought-for-thought translation. Jesus writes this, watch ye therefore and pray always, that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. That shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. And if you meditate on that, you let the Holy Ghost, there's a whole lot of watch, pray always. You may be accounted worthy to escape. Escape what? All these things that have gone before in his message. And that day that you stand before the Son of Man, Jesus himself. Do you know what time it is? Let me read. Let's start in Luke 21. You, we could go to Matthew 24. You could go to Mark 13. There's three accounts in very specific detail about the season that we're in. He didn't say we'd know the day or the hour, but he said you would know the season. Let's pick up in verse 5, Luke 21, 5. Some of his disciples began talking about the majestic stonework of the temple and the memorial decorations on the walls. They were wow. It took 46 years to build that temple. And they were like admiring it. Jesus says, the time is coming when all these things will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Teacher, they asked, when is this all going to happen and and what sign will show us that these things are about to take place? He replied, don't let anybody mislead you. Many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah saying, the time has come, but don't you believe them? And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, interactions, insurrections, don't panic. These things must take place first. But then the end won't follow immediately. 
He had a nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, many famines, plagues in many lands. There'll be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from the heavens. Before all this occurs, there'll be a time of great persecution. You'll be dragged into the synagogues and prisons. You'll stand trial before kings and governors. You are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance about what you'll answer against the charges against you. For I will give you the right words with such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. Even the closest to you, your parents, brothers, relatives, friends, betray you. They'll even kill you. And everyone will hate you because you're my followers. But not a hair on your head will perish. By standing firm, you will win your souls. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then you will know that the time of destruction has arrived. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. Those in Jerusalem must get out for the country should you return not to the city. For those days of God's vengeance and prophetic words of the Scriptures will be fulfilled. How terrible. It will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. There'll be disasters in the land, great anger against the people. They'll be killed by the sword or sent away as captives to nations. Jerusalem will be trampled down by Gentiles until the period of the Gentiles comes to an end. I believe that happened in 1967 when the Israelis took, an, and now you know our country and several others have recognized it as the capital of Israel. There'll be strange signs in the sun, moon, stars. Here on earth, nations will be in turmoil, perplexed, roaring seas, strange tides. Some people will be terrified at what they see coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Everyone will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. So, when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up. Your salvation is near. Then he gave an illustration of the fig tree and the other tree. He says, when the leaves come out, you know without being told that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you will know that the kingdom of God is near. And I tell you a truth. This generation, it will not pass from the scene until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Amen. Watch out. Don't let your hearts get dulled, carousing, drunkenness, worries of life. Don't let the day catch you unaware like a trap. For the day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. End quote. If you look at your handout, I just listed 12 things that are currently, I think, prophetic happening. First of all, we know that Israel has been restored to her land. Turn with me back, if you know where Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, and the one just before that is Zechariah. In Zechariah chapter, it's a powerful book. I encourage you to read it. It's very, very prophetic. And certainly 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14 are just so revelatory. He says in chapter 10 of Zechariah that he will restore his people. And in verse 9 he says, there were a few left, this is after they had been exiled and after the Holocaust, six million Jews, right? He says, they will grow so numerous. This is Zechariah 10, 9. He says, they will grow so numerous as they were before that I have scattered them like seeds among the nations. They will still remember me in distant lands. They and their children will survive and they will return again to Israel. Turn over to chapter 12. The future deliverance of Jerusalem. This message, verse 1, 
Zechariah 12.1, this message concerning the fate of Israel came from the Lord. This message is from the Lord who stretched out the heavens and the foundation of the earth and found the human spirit, formed it. I will make Jerusalem like an intoxicating drink and make the nearby nations stagger when they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem and Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock and all the nations will gather against it to try to move it, but they will hurt themselves. Verse 6, this is nuclear war, I believe. On the day I'll make the clans of Judah like a flame that sets a woodpile. This could be the Samson bomb I was speaking of. A woodpile blaze like a burning torch among the sheaves of grain. They will burn up all the neighboring nations right and left while the people living in Jerusalem remain secure. Verse 8, on that day I will defend my people. Of Jerusalem, the weakest among them will be as mighty as King David. The royal descendants will be like God, like the angels of the Lord who goes before them. For on that day I will begin to destroy all the nations that came against Jerusalem. Listen to this prophetic word, verse 10. I will pour out my spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and the people of Jerusalem. They will look upon him whom they have pierced. And mourn for him as an only son. Does that sound like Revelation? Look at Romans 9. It says, when the exact number of Gentiles has come in, all Israel will be saved, right? The scales come off and we who've been grafted in will then join with our natural brothers of Israel. It says, they will look on me as an only son who'd been pierced. In verse 12, it says, all Israel will mourn, each clan by itself, husbands separate from their wives. The clan of David will mourn alone, the clan of Nathan, the clan of Levi, the clan of Shimei. Each surviving clan of Judah will mourn separately with husbands separate from their wives. Jews from all over have come back and made their aliyah. Many organizations have helped them make aliyah. I know many Jewish families hold dual citizenship. Jerusalem's back in Israel's hands. 1967 war. The gospel's being preached in all the world. That's in Matthew 24. Satellite broadcasting now can hit everywhere. Coalitions of nations has formed and is planning to destroy Israel. Let's turn to Ezekiel 38. Guys okay? All right. I know this is awful quiet in here. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Encourage me, Lord. Ezekiel 38 and 39. Many of the rabbis, they're waiting. This is, make no mistake, right, Neil? They know what's coming. They know what's coming. Message from... Ezekiel. Now, 2,600 years ago, this prophecy was written. You should know that he specifically said, in the distant future, in the latter times. You study that word in the Greek, this has never happened. 2,600 years ago, the prophet, he was a wild one, he said, there's a group of nations that have come together in a confederation to destroy Israel. When the dry bones in birth in chapter 37 have come, can these dry bones live? Yes. And he prophesied to the dry bones, and now the bones have come back to Israel, right? Daniel's prophecy, Ezekiel's prophecy, Zechariah's prophecy, Amos. So you sit here and you see, okay, when there's a group of nations coming together, but there's a particular group of nations from the due north, far north. Gog and Magog, and there's a lot of commentarial discussion on this, but draw a line, go north from Israel, the due north is Moscow. It says in verse, chapter 38, verse 3 says, I give you this message, you are my enemy. I'm going to put hooks and jaws in you, and I'm going to cause you to come. You and your horses and charioteers, full of armor, great horde, armed with shield, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya will join with you too. Gomer and its armies will join along with armies of Beth Tomar from the distant north. And many, it says many others, get ready and be prepared. All the armies around you will mobilize, take command. A long time from now, you will be called into action. In the distant future, you will swoop down. That's interesting. 
Ezekiel gets a picture, I believe, of modern-day warfare, planes, missiles swooping down on the land of Israel when they're enjoying peace, recovering from war after its people have returned from the many lands in the mountains of Israel. The Golan Heights was just annexed and approved and welcomed by our president. And his talk about not only that, possibly the Jordanian Valley. It's all prophecy. That land was given years ago. You and all your allies, verse 9, a vast and awesome army will roll down. Does that sound like? He might have saw chariots. Sounds like tanks, etc. to me. They will be like a storm that covers the land like a cloud. Is that paratroopers? What is that? Verse 12, I will go to those formerly desolate cities that are now filled with people who have returned from exiles in many nations. Capture, you said, I'll capture vast amounts of plunder from the people that are now rich. They have just opened up and started pumping out of the sea. There is a vast resource. Israel is not only going to be, but they are going to be extremely wealthy. The mother load, that's the quote that's come out of what they have found in the ocean outside of Israel. Starting to deliver that energy now. And it's, you know, is this, there's that resource. It's going to be one of the reasons they're going to put the hook in you and want to try to come get it. But there's a group of young lions. I like that. In, in the King James, Sheba Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof. Lots of disputes on that, but you know what the British flag looks like, right? Their symbol, <laughs> the lion, the young lions. Did we come, many of us from Britain and Europe, Australia, Canada? Just happen to be some of our allies right now, right? They say, what are you guys doing here, doing all that? You come, verse 15, you've come from your homeland in the distant north with your vast cavalry and your mighty army, and you'll attack my people of Israel, covering their land like a cloud? Now listen to this, in that time, in the distant future, I will bring you against my land as everyone watches. Now, I don't know how Ezekiel knew that CNN and Fox News Live would be able to watch this war, but he knew by God. Revelation, verse 17, this is what the sovereign Lord says, are you the one I was talking about long ago when I would bring you against my people? Chapter 39, the slaughter of that enemy. Verse 2, I will turn you around towards the mountains of Israel, bringing you from the distant north. I will knock the bow from your left hand and the arrows from your right hand, and you will, I will leave you helpless. You and your army will die on the mountains. You know, Israel took that in the Six-Day War. Now it's been annexed on the mountains of Israel. We stood up there on the Golan overlooking and seeing Damascus. You will fall in the open fields, for I have spoken, says the sovereign Lord. I will rain down fire on, Gog, on Magog and your allies that live safely in the coast, and they will know that I am the Lord. Nuclear war. Peter said it was going to come. Says the, the elements would burn like fervent heat. A coalition of nations. Turn with me to Psalm 83. A few years ago, they found this psalm in a bog in Europe, preserved, I don't know how that happens, preserved but open to this psalm, in the mud of the bog. Hundreds of years, it says, for such a time as this, it says, don't keep silent. Psalm 83, verse 1. Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, our enemies make a tumult, and they hate thee that have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against your, thy people, consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the time of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are a confederate against thee. The Iranians have quoted that over and over and over again. 
Number six, your handout, nuclear weapons capable of mass destruction are positioned. You can look at 2 Peter 3.10. We've already read in Zechariah 12. When I worked for General Electric and was in the submarine support and service and design, which is now 24 years ago, the stuff we had then was scary. And there's a whole lot more. Number seven, earthquakes, famines, plagues, roaring seas, strange tides, strange signs in the heavens. I preached a couple of weeks ago this, um, this whole thing with aliens and all of the desire for that. I heard even this week they came on, there was a show, I was in the health club and came on and they were saying, you know, there's a time coming where the aliens are going to come and snatch away a whole bunch of people. It'll be used by the Antichrist, I believe, in the false prophet to make an explanation as to what just happened when the rapture, if the rapture, I know if you're a pro, you know, you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. I always tell people I'm a pan-trib. It's going to all work out. I'd like to be on the first trip out of here. But, you know, either way, it's going to be all right. Just stay in the ark of Jesus. You'll be all right. Famines, plagues, these fires, this, this whole thing with the, there's also this religion of climate change. We're all pro taking care of the climate, but this has gotten to a place where it's now becoming, and that's last two weeks ago's sermon. Anti-Semitism on the rise again, martyrdom of Christians. They believe they're doing God's will by killing you. Rising kings of the east, Revelation 6, 12. The joint military exercises, China, Russia, Iran. Two weeks ago, I also said this whole lack of understanding of the truth or not holding on to this truth. When you have mainline denominations that have been the foundation of our nation for hundreds of years falling apart at the seams because they want to go ahead and they want to bring in homosexuality. The nations have been in an uproar. This thing is spreading. It's becoming part of what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. When the Methodist denomination, which we were under, you know, I was... It's sad. We, we, a couple, three, four, four, five weeks ago, Terry shared about Wesley, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodists. You read his journal, doing deliverances full of the Holy Ghost, warn people, don't get in the trees when he preaches. You might fall out under the power of the Holy Ghost. And now you look where that denomination has gone. It's sad. I've done prayer ministries on those who have left the denomination. Actually, they lost their pensions. They lost everything because they said, I can't stand under an organization that will now license and ordain active homosexuals as clergy. Standing up, supporting abortion rights. What word could you possibly be reading? He warned us. Paul told Timothy in the latter days, a couple of weeks ago, we went into more detail. And 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy said, they will give in to doctrines of demons and teachings of demons. Many will depart from the faith. Jesus said in Matthew 24, says, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? They are departing from the faith, listening to itching ears, letting people tell them what they want to hear so they can do whatever they want to do. Many will turn away from Christ and hate each other. Number 12, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. So, if you know what time it is, time is short. Go count the number of times Jesus said, watch, pray, be careful, like in the days of Noah, giving and doing and all, and suddenly, pow, suddenly, So, if we're going to be like the sons of Issachar, look at your hand out there. Do you know what to do now that you know what time it is? The sons of Issachar, they were a rare crowd, man. In 1 Chronicles 12, 32, it says, they knew the season, they understood, so they knew the season, and they understood the times, more importantly, 
they also knew the best course of action for Israel to take. It's one thing to see what's coming, another thing to understand it and know what to do. So let's look at some of these things. Number two, watch and know the season so that you're not taken unaware. Number three, be sober. What does that mean? It's a whole lot more than drinking and doing drugs, although that's certainly included. <laughs> Let me just clarify. We had a, our men's advance this weekend. It was awesome. 29 men at Fort Caswell, and boy, I'll tell you what, last night was, whoo Something about when men get together, you, you ladies may not understand. My wife was saying, what did you do? Jim and, and uh, Jim, Jim Parker and uh, Daniel Christian, they, they spent a whole lot of time. They built these beautiful targets. They went out and got throwing hatchets. And we had a major competition of axe throwing. Don't mess with Neil, okay? He was number one. I was number two. Hallelujah. <laughs> but it was wild. It's, it's amazing how... <laughs> Love Jesus, yes, yes. <laughs> Devil! <laughs> now, there were others playing cornhole. I'm just, I'll just leave it there, anyway. No condemnation in Jesus' name. No. <laughs> okay. Forgive me, Lord, forgive me. All right. But in that, in that weekend, many of the men got up and shared personal testimonies. Let me go on the record. I've never smoked, smoked dope. I'll just tell you that right now. I've never done an illegal drug. I saw too much of what alcoholism and addiction could do. And I'm, God protected me in that. So I'm not, there's no condemnation. But this lie that you can smoke dope and think it's fine? No. Be sober. Oh, well, it's all right. It, it's from the weeds and the grass. Come on. Give me a break. And there'll be men in this group that'll tell you, you don't think it's a, it's a gateway drug? I'll direct you to some of them. Be sober. Persevere. Keep faith. Stay hot for Jesus. Oil in your lamp. Stay hot. Come on. Be sober. Stay hot. This, there were several that came and said, I need to get back. I've kind of gotten lukewarm. I've made a, a personal decision to get hot for Jesus. This complacency, it's got to stop. And you see what happens when men get excited, yeah. right? Come on, that, the women have had to carry this for too long. Jesus. Take a stand. Jesus warned the, the Laodicean church in Revelation, you really make me sick <laughs> when you're lukewarm. I'm going to just spit you out. I, I can't stand lukewarmness. I wish you, you know, even if you were, this is crazy. I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. Be cold or hot. Do something. But this idea of you think you're okay and you think you're really great. You've got all your goods. You've got all your stuff. You know, that's one of the dangers. I, I bless God for what he's doing with the economy and all that. More people off food. Stay, all of that's happening. Praise God for what he's doing. I believe it's a blessing. Because he said in you know, his word, he watches out for us. Genesis 12, 3 says, you who bless Israel, I will bless you. Those who curse you, I will curse you. Whether you like this president or not, he has stood for Israel. I mean, how many presidents said, I'm going to acknowledge Jerusalem as the capital? How many of them before? He's the only one who did it, you know? He, uh, he agreed that the Golan Heights strategically, if you go there, you'll see why they got to have the Golan. Jordan Valley, that's probably next. But the danger of a hot, red-hot economy, and everybody says, watch out when you get rich and you get fat, you don't forget your God. There's a danger in too much and too much blessing. Over and over again in this book, that's what happened. Pray and watch. Number five, pray and watch. Pray and watch that you may, you may be accounted worthy. How do you become accounted worthy? Righteousness is a weapon of offense and defense in Corinthians. 
righteousness. Terry, Pastor Terry opened the service. He said, all have sinned. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short. But I'm so glad. I, I forget which one of the men said this. Oh, he says, in this book, we're not sinners anymore. We're saints. <laughs> right? He didn't say, dear Ephesians, you, you, you sinners at Ephesia. <laughs> Ephesians. No, he said, dear saints. <laughs> right? It's his righteousness that makes us right. I think it's eight or nine times. Go look at Romans chapter 3, 4, 5, and 6. You've been made right. You've been declared right by the blood of Jesus, your faith in Christ. We shared, Bishop shared last night on the faith, that the legacy of faith. This legacy of faith that we're passing on to the next generation. We are heirs and joint heirs of the promise, Galatians 3. And then Neil shared this. This is an awesome thing. In Israel's um, practice, they told him, the Jews told him, you're lucky that you're a Gentile that's in the kingdom. Because once you're adopted as a son or a daughter, by law in Israel, you can never be unadopted. Whereas biological children, they can be, you can be released. So we have been grafted in, praise God, and we can't be ungrafted in unless, unless... You can be cut off. Be careful, right? He warns us in Romans, all these who got this replacement theology, oh yeah, the church has replaced the Jews. What book are you reading? Right? He says, watch out. You've been grafted in. And if he brought judgment to the wild branch, to the olive branch, how do you think it would happen if the wild branch gets off track? Be careful, be sober, persevere, keep your faith, stay hot. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 25. Do you have oil in your lamp? Amen. This, this is red letter again. Jesus is speaking to the church. These are folks who ha were Holy Spirit filled. The oil represents Holy Spirit power. And half of them let their lamps run out. And they were called foolish. And the ones that had the oil, Holy Ghost power. Many of the men shared, and I've heard this oftentimes, never heard of the Holy Spirit in some of the teachings coming up in the church. Again, I don't know what book you're reading. Well, that, that no, Okay. Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends what he promised. I told you about this before, right? Then he goes, soon the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. You're going to have power. You're going to be my witnesses. He goes on in Acts chapter 8, he says to the church at Samaria, when Philip goes there, he says, Philip goes, and he's, he's a guy who works in the house of mercy ministry. He's not an apostle. He can praise God, those who work in the house of mercy ministry. He goes there during the persecution in Jerusalem, and he starts preaching to the half-breeds at Samaria. And the Holy Ghost comes. He starts baptizing them, casting out demons, people getting healed. Many come to him. And the big, the big guns back in Jerusalem say, Peter and John said, is that right? You mean the Samaritans? Well, maybe, you know, that, that guy from House of Mercy, I'm paraphrasing. And so, they send the big guns there, and it says the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on them. The believers there had not yet had the Holy Spirit fall on them. He prays for them, and woohoo! Even the sorcerer wanted to buy what he saw. He said, oh my God, I want that power. And he says, you... You're not getting that. You can't buy it. I love what it says. We can't buy it. That first song we sang this morning, so on track. All of the songs. To really know him. This is my last number here. So anyway, look at chapter 25. The kingdom of heaven will be like the ten bridesmaids. The kingdom of heaven. Remember, the kingdom's come. It's at hand. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. It's like Lisa said last week, it's, the kingdom is now and not yet. But the kingdom of heaven has come, right? In fact, Jesus said every time you cast out a demon, this is in, in, uh, in Matthew 12, it says, when I cast a demon out, the kingdom of God has come among you. And if you've ever seen a tormented, demonized person, when they get set free, you know the kingdom came. That peace is like, oh, kingdom of God has come. It says, so this is the kingdom of heaven will be like the ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom, but they got tired. 
fell asleep. And when he finally came, and they weren't ready for it, they were sleeping. Everybody wakes up, and they didn't have oil. And by the time they tried to go find it, here's his response. You're not getting to the marriage feast. You're not going to make it. Verse 12, they're knocking. The door's already been closed. I don't know you. I don't know you. Remember that Luke 21, 36. On the day that you stand before the Son of Man, may you be accounted worthy. I'll tell you, that's, that's a scary scripture, especially for we who preach the Word. It says you take a different test. God doesn't tolerate hypocrisy. and Help, pray for me. Help, help us, Jesus. You who know the truth, it says, to whom much is given, much is also required. I don't know how many sermons you've had. I don't know how many opportunities you've had to read this thing. Watch out. Does he know you? Let's, let's turn to Matthew 7. We've looked at this scripture before, but I was meditating on it. And then it was mentioned at the retreat this weekend about knowing, really, really knowing Jesus. Of course, we got wild that real men love Jesus and It's a fact. Amen. So do women. So do children. He's real. And that love has to be real. In Matthew 7, let's look at verse 21. You look at the rest of that scripture, it's, it's, it's full of, jam-packed through of principles. Don't judge. In verse 1, don't judge others, or you, you open yourself up for the same kind of judgment. Help us on that, God. We're to, we're to judge sin, but God, don't judge the motive, right? We call out truth, but help us to love even those. You know, we, we don't hate people that are in sin. We're supposed to help them be snatched out of the flames of judgment, Jude tells us, right? Just be careful you don't get pulled in yourself. He talks about the log in your eye, and man, we're all good about looking at the speck. <laughs> uh. He talks about effective prayer. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, right? The Father knows how to give you good gifts. Talks about the golden rule. Then he warns about the narrow gate, verse 13. You can only enter the kingdom, God's kingdom, through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is just broad. It's, it's a gate that's wide. And many choose it. The gateway to life is narrow. Any of those that are professing the lies that I'm hearing out of, out of preachers that there's another way to, the, to, the, to heaven other than Jesus. What book are you reading? There's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. He who has the Son has the Father also. Then he talks about the tree and the fruit. You'll know it's tree by its fruit. Lots of discussion this weekend about, oh, yeah, we can say all the right things in church and act, but get home or get with our family or get with those at work, and what's really going on? I think it was Bishop who shared what Bola says. You know, if, if you've got a jug full of water and you squeeze the jug of water, water comes out. <laughs> When you get squeezed, what comes out? <laughs> and he'll, yeah, he will squeeze you to find out. And then you'll even get surprised yourself. I, oftentimes, I have to go apologize to my wife. Man, what was it, Parthena, a couple of weeks ago, said, I said, Pastor, oh, I have to repent to my husband. I hope this is all right, Bill and Parthena. He goes, yeah. She, I came and said, how y'all doing? She was setting up. With, she worked so, they worked so hard to set up for the five churches on New Year's Eve, right? And it was beautiful. Everything was prophetically, oh, man. Bishop Williams called me yesterday, as a matter of fact, during the 49ers game. And the Vikings lost. And Mike and his guy, you should have seen it. We got pictures. I got pictures, okay? Do you know that Mike Henderson Pastor Willie, Philip, where's Phil? They got their jackets on, their 49er hats, their 49er blankie. Come on, what? 
What real men have a blankie? Come on. And then every time the 49ers would get a touch, would get a first down. Well, the Vikings lost. Anyway, so I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, oh yeah, we're squeezing it. So, yeah. So we got we to gotta get to a place when we're at work or we're, we're just real. We are who we are. Amen. So let this scripture, the last one, that this, this really ought to cause some reflection in the Holy Spirit. Remember James 1.6 says, if you lack wisdom, ask the Lord, right? You, he'll tell you freely if you come with the contrite, humble, and asking him. Verse 21, Luke, Matthew 7.21, not everyone who calls out to me, whoo, Lord, I thought you said in Jeremiah 33, call to me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things. But not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord. First of all, you don't call him Lord unless you believe he's your Lord. Or at least you're trying to get his attention. Will enter the kingdom of heaven. So this is an entry point. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On Judgment Day, many, you might want to underline that, it says it in the King James and it says it in New Living, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. Now, these are not your run-of-the-mill Christians. I've been in 12 churches of my grown, before I even knew about the Holy Ghost, right? I never heard any of this or saw any of it. They prophesied. Well, that's not everyone. They cast out demons. I never saw a demon cast out in any church I was at until I started getting filled with the Holy Ghost and coming here. Performed many miracles. Not a few, many. These are the, these are the folks that said, these are the things we did, so therefore that qualifies us, Lord. It says, I will reply, I never, never, I never knew you. Well, that, I don't know about you folks, but we got to do some searching, right? You got to do some, hey, God, is there anything? We got to be like David. David said, search my heart and see if there be anything. See, the problem with deception is we're deceived. And so there's folks that are doing all the stuff, but, but the qualifier here is, he doesn't know them because you break God's laws. King James says, depart from me, you that work iniquity. They work out or they're working in iniquity. So there's some other deceptions going on. There is, uh, iniquity is a real ugly word. It's even higher than sin, I think. If you look at the sins of iniquity, talks of generations and deep darkness and so I believe what the Holy Spirit wants us to do is, one, be like the sons of Issachar and know what time it is. We need to know what time it is. But then it's just that time of getting in Him quietly before Him and having the Holy Spirit analyze. So what am I doing, Lord? Is there any hypocrisy in my life? Is there things that I'm struggling with? That not, we're not sinless and we're not going to be perfect people. But I love what he says, we're declared the righteousness of Christ. There is grace, there is grace, there is grace. Praise God for grace. But if we're escaping and compromising under cheap grace, could be a really rude awakening someday. So help us, Lord, help me, God, help us. So I want to invite our worship team, and I wanted to save this last song that they've got. I think it's, it might be, is it Keep Your Eyes on Jesus? Is that right? Kyle? Turn your eyes. Ooh, that's good. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Right? If we keep our focus on Him, we don't have to be afraid. Even though we see all these things coming, I would study these scriptures, know what's coming, and not that you have to, you know, be a, a junkie on the news or any of that, but when you hear some of the scenes, it says, 
Well, how does that fit, God? How does that fit where we are? Pray for your president. Pray for him. Pray for the leadership. That's biblical, whether you like him or not, right? We, he wasn't hired as a Sunday school teacher, right? Uh, so, Romans 13 says pray for him. Pray for him, right? God used Cyrus. In fact, in Jeremiah, he goes on and says, the Lord selects leaders. He, he selected Nebuchadnezzar who destroyed Jerusalem and carried away Daniel and all of them. He says, my servant, Nebuchadnezzar. Your ways are not my ways, God, right? And he says in Romans, he says, I put those in leadership that I want. So, hey, while he's there, pray for him. Amen. So, Lord, let's stand and let's just turn our eyes on Jesus.